everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, and founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. So it's so good to be with you, and I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to join me. Uh, I've really actually been in, enjoying the stories and testimonies of what God's been doing among you. Uh, I've been sharing some of them with our church here. So uh, I would love to hear a testimony from every one of you and, and just to be able to hear what God's doing in each one of your lives. We are given instructions in the Word of God to tell our testimony. And by doing that, we overcome the evil one and we encourage other believers. So even if your testimony is only a few sentences long, I'd, I'd love to hear what God has been doing in your life. Uh, so the message today that the Lord's put on my heart is a message that I've called Freedom. And it, uh, it actually came as I was encouraging a young man uh, that I'd been mentoring. And he was very discouraged about a few things that had, that had just happened in his life. I told him that the main focus of his heart needs to be drawing in close to the Father. And he was asking, how's that even possible when I'm in the middle of an emotional struggle? And I had, I had multiple verses come to mind almost immediately about peace. And, and I encouraged him with those. But the one that stuck out to me the most was Isaiah 26.3, where it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So with all that is going on in the world currently, I feel compelled to talk about what I feel the reasons are that Jesus came to the earth in the first place. So did he come to just create another religion and, and to get people to follow his doctrines and rules? Obviously, we know that that's not the reason that he came, but why exactly did he come? If we read through the words of Jesus, we can very quickly see that he mentioned some very specific things. And he said that he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He came to preach the good news to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted. He came to give sight to the blind. He came to offer healing in every way. But when I think of narrowing it down to the single most important description of what Jesus came to do, I would say it like this. Jesus came to set people free. So when I began thinking about this, I kept coming back to the verses which talk about Christ coming to set us free. And I could sense joy in the heart of my Father in that. So what does it mean to be set free? How can this message be conveyed clearly and knock it tangled up in current affairs in the world. I actually hesitated to even say anything because people have a tendency to just hear things through the filters which are already on their hearts. But the more I looked at it and prayed about it, the more I realized that this is a universal message of hope to the world. Every person in the world has the ability to be free because that it's first of all evidenced directly in our own hearts. So I, I thought of 2 Corinthians 3.17, where it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So another word for liberty here is, is the word freedom. So I just talk about liberty and freedom, people automatically begin thinking it only means in natural terms with countries and rulers. But I want to show you here that it can be applied in that way, but it means so much more than that. So I actually want to look at 2 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 12 through 18, because uh, it gives a, better, a, a bigger picture of that. 
So it says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. By its very nature, sin is, is bondage and slavery. And even Paul talked about this in Romans, uh, when he mentioned that the, the very agreement uh, with, with sin puts us in bondage to it. In fact, we could actually look at that, Romans 6, 15 uh, and 16, where he says, What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? So then Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin. He came to free us even from all effects of sin. This is the very reason that healing was paid for on the cross. Every sickness is simply a result of, of man bringing, us, bringing sin into the world and corrupting the perfection that, that God had created. So we have the choice to walk in the footsteps of Adam or of Jesus himself. Well, I will assure you that today, as well as every day, sin and all the results of it will never bring you freedom. True freedom begins first of all in the mind. We're constantly tempted to believe that either we are free in the middle of sin or the only way to live free of sin and its effects is by yoking ourselves up under a bunch of rules and regulations. And that's such a temptation of religion. But Paul taught, uh, he, he dealt with this in his writings to the Galatians. Uh, they were trying to save what they had been given when, when Paul brought them the message of grace. However, uh, they're not just realizing that uh, their very attempt to preserve the freedom was in itself an act of bondage. I hope this is making sense, but uh, let's look at Paul's advice to them. Uh, it's actually Galatians 5.1 where he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, I actually want to quote that verse uh, in the New American Standard, because that, that was the New King James, because I like how the New American Standard says it here. He says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. It seems like Paul is repeating himself, but he very specifically says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. In other words, our freedom is the end goal. Let's talk about what it looks like to live in freedom, even when we're surrounded by countless examples of bondage. Do you remember what we read earlier uh, where in 2 Corinthians, where it says, We behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Well, the key here is that we look into the Word of God and, 
as a mirror. So what do you see when you look in a mirror? Yes, of course, you see yourself. I know this is obvious when we talk about a physical mirror, but how obvious is it when we talk about the Word of God? You should read the Bible and see yourself. I started doing something that has brought another level of freedom to my own mind and experience. Whenever I read something that Jesus said, I, I read it in the first-person perspective, as if I'm the one saying it. Now, I know that this may sound like heresy to the religious mind, but that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. And, and he, he talked about it with his disciples. He said, the, the works that I do, even these, the works that I do, you will do greater works. Uh, but I, I, I want to start out with a familiar verse uh, on this. We all know that uh, these are quotes of Jesus, but even he was actually quoting the prophet Isaiah. And this is in Luke 4, uh, starting in verse 16. So he says, uh, so it says, he came to Nazareth, uh, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So really what he said to them was, All of this that I just read, it's about me. He realized how this hit the religious mind uh, the religious leaders there in the synagogue. So the last thing that he says in verse 18 is to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He came to set people free. Now, I want you to read all of verse 18 as if, if you're the one doing the talking. Whenever you go through this, just read it uh, in that way and see what happens in your heart. Notice, uh, notice how you feel when you realize that you are the one who has been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. You have been sent to heal the brokenhearted. You have been given the power to bring sight to the blind. Today, this scripture was fulfilled because you read it. Do you realize that this understanding is exactly the same reason that the religious leaders tried to kill Jesus? Now, it's not you by yourself, but you with the Spirit of God in you. You are one with Him. The Spirit of God is the one that gives you the power, and it's because of His power in you that you've been anointed. It was for this reason that other people came against us. Religious leaders, government leaders, family members, friends, all of them have a choice on how they'll respond. However, regardless of their response, we must choose as well what we are willing to believe. Remember, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I'm reminding you here that the Spirit of the Lord is inside of you if you've been born again. And if you've not been born again, I'd love to show you how you can do that. But if the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, then you have been anointed to do everything that Jesus was anointed to do. The complete oneness with Jesus, and therefore oneness with the Father, is the single most important revelation that will set you free in your own spirit, soul, and body. 
revelation of the Spirit of God inside of you will set you free from the fear of sickness. Because how could God himself, living in you, get sick? There is a revelation of freedom from poverty as well. If God himself owns the wealth of the world, how could he live in poverty? Do you see that all forms of oppression and bondage are destroyed when we realize that we are in him? Jesus truly came to set us free. And he, uh, he begins, it begins first of all in your own heart. To find that the freedom, to find that freedom by looking into the mirror of the Word of God and seeing yourself. Now, make a decision today that you will believe everything you read about Jesus is also true of yourself. Allow the Spirit of the Lord to truly set you free. Now, also remember to write your testimony of what God's done in your life since, since uh, you've been on this journey with Him. And I would love to contact, uh, make contact with you. I'd love to hear from you. And God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me today.